sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No, Sensei. Get him a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode six of Sweep Delay Podcast. I am your host with the most, Mike McMasunis. How's everybody doing this week? I am doing great. Uh, you're probably wondering what's up with the title of this episode. I thought we were getting Monster Squad. Well, the truth is, is uh, last week uh, I did the Masunis Top Ten Worst Movies of All Time. And uh, my buddy Stars and Tim on Facebook said, aren't you going to do your top 10 favorite movies? I'm like, well, what's the point of doing that? Everybody knows who my number one is. Everybody knows it's Karate Kid. And they're like, well, no one knows your number two to number 10. So I figured I'd make it an odd number and do 11. Just that way um, you can hear uh, 10 movies all together, even though you already know what my number one is. And when I get to number one, I'm not going to go too much into that. And some of these movies... I'm not going to go into too much detail just because I'm going to be reviewing them later. But I just wanted to give you guys a feel of my all-time favorite movies. Now, by no means are these the greatest movies in the whole entire world that uh, critics and you know everybody says. These are just my personal favorites, movies that have stuck with me for a very, very long time or have recently creeped into my top 10 or in this case top 11. So uh, before I go ahead and get into that topic, uh, why don't we go ahead and get into the movie and music news of the week. Alright, this week in movie and music news, uh, anybody who was a fan of the film The A-Team from last summer, uh, unfortunately we are not going to see a sequel to this film. Bradley Cooper, uh, which is actually becoming a pretty big star nowadays, has confirmed that the studio was unhappy with the amount of money made on the film and they are not going to greenlight a sequel. So. Uh, if you are a fan of that film and you do not know about this, unfortunately, you know I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it sucks, but what are you going to do? So, um, Moving on to Dancing with the Stars. Now, I am not a Dancing with the Stars kind of person. I'm not a fan. But when I found out Ralph Macchio, a.k.a. the Karate Kid, was going to be on the show, I was really conflicted what I was going to do. Was I going to watch the show? Was I not going to watch the show? Well, I wanted to give Ralph some support, but unfortunately, I missed the first episode. I was watching the season finale of Pretty Little Liars with my wife, and then right after that, we were watching Being Human, which, if you have not seen that show, it is an excellent show. It's my new favorite show. It's on the Sci-Fi Network, about a vampire and werewolf and a ghost all living together. It's excellent. Um, But I guess Ralph actually did very well. He was the highest scorer of the night, followed by Christy Alley. I know, right? Christy Alley? Yeah. She was number two. Um, I thought there was going to be, you know, a boot-off show last night so I could kind of see some, you know, highlights of the previous night. 
but I guess that's not going to be until Saturday. So guess I'll just catch it then. But if you like Dancing with the Stars, please vote for my boy Ralph. And if you don't like the show, please vote for him anyway, it's just so that way he can, you know, get big again and start making some movies. That would be excellent. So um, if you are a fan of Batman, and if you're not, I don't know why. Um, if you know Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, he was in Inception. Um, he was rumored to be playing Alberto Falcone in the new Batman movie, The Dark Knight Rises. Unfortunately, this is not true. Variety originally reported this, but it was declared to be a false statement. Uh, they actually have not come out and said what part he is going to play, but whatever part it is, I'm sure it's going to be excellent. I actually read the spoilers what the plot summary is going to be for The Dark Knight Rises. Very excited. I won't spill it here, but I can tell you that everything will be wrapped up between Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and this movie. So I'm very excited. So whatever part he's playing, I think is going to be excellent. I cannot wait. So, um, in music news, I guess I just read today that Chris Brown was on, um, what was it, ABC. He was in an interview. They, they talked to him about... Uh, his restraining order and he threw a fit and he stormed off the stage and gave the producer a nasty look and went in his dressing room and started causing damage and you know it, it was just a fiasco I mean people you know people forgive you in the entertainment industry you know when you're doing drugs or you know you're having marriage problems but you know this is kind of one of the cases where this guy is not being forgiven. I mean, he beat up a girl. So I think, you know, I never really liked Chris Brown, but uh, I think he's not helping his case any by throwing a fit on TV because he's talking because they're talking about his thing with Rihanna. So um, they're asking him to come back. Not sure if that's a good idea. Uh, not sure, you know, what you think about that situation, but. Uh, I, I just think that in the entertainment industry, as long as someone is willing to be asked to be forgiven, that we usually open our, our arms back up and, and take them back in. I mean, look at Britney Spears. I mean, she went all the way downhill, and then all of a sudden uh, she came back. You know, she came back, and that happens to a lot of people. Look at Robert Downey Jr. I mean, big successful story right there you know he was big in the 80s got down in the dumps in the 90s and came back with iron man and now he's kicking butt again so i just think that uh, chris brown has a lot of uh a lot of uh apologizing to do to the fans and um you know ask for forgiveness you know because i'm sure people are wanting to give it to him but at the same time he did beat up a woman and and uh people are, are starting to uh you know to not let uh, celebrities get away with everything. Kind of like Charlie Sheen. But, you know, that's another story. So, not really a whole lot of other uh, music news. Um, if you are a fan of Skillet, they did come out with a new uh, EP on iTunes. It's called Awake and Remixed. Uh, pretty cool. Um, I've played a couple of their songs on the show. I'm not a big remix person. I don't... I like original songs. I very rarely have remix albums. And, you know, there's there's five songs and I like three of them. You know, the other two are like I could do without. So if you're into remix stuff and you like Skillet, go ahead and check that out. Um, Jennifer Lopez is kicking butt on iTunes. And, uh, you know, other than that, that's pretty much it. Why don't we go ahead and get into the commercial? Hello? Hello, is Mr. Mr. May Ben? This is Mr. May. Hi, this is John Wilkins, the CI. Uh-huh. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'll tell you what, man, I'm a... 
I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, tonight they got the uh, open stage at the uh, Comedy Caravan, and I'm, I'm thinking about getting up doing a, a couple, three minutes, you know, on uh, some uh, stand-up. Be a comedian or something? No, no, I've never done it before, but, you know, I've, I've been working on, like, a little act, and I've, I've ran up past my mom and my, my wife and stuff, and they think it's funny, but, man, hey, this is great. I would love to have an unbiased ear. Can I run some of my uh, material past you? Sure. If, if I can run some of my material past you. <laughs> That's quick. You should be doing it. You ever done any stand-up? No, sir, I haven't. No, you're clever, though. Man, hold on, it's okay. I said, everyone like, say, Tom Mabe, uh, newcomer, open mic night, and they go, oh, come on, go ahead. So, hey, how y'all doing tonight? And that's when you just go, all right. So let me let me, let me start all over. Hold on. So how y'all doing tonight? All right. All right. So hey, uh, these uh, these two telemarketers, they walk into a bar, and the one says to the other, man, I am looking for some action. And the other one says, man, I've been screwing people all day long. <laughs> so hey, how many telemarketers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Six, but only one to screw an old lady out of her life savings. <laughs> All right, yeah. So what, what, what do you think about that so far? I've got one for you, sir. Oh, what's that? How many telemarketers does it take to kick your ass? <laughs> reach out, reach out and kick some ass. You're an idiot. And you're an oh, 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 I did the telemarketer across the road. They're trying to sell a chicken something they didn't eat. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into this uh, list of mine. Now, um, I do obviously have a lot of honorable mentions. Uh, most of them would be the episodes I've already done. I mean, those are a lot of my favorite movies. Um, in this list, um, I, w I really picked a lot of uh, movies I've emotionally connected with. Either where I just I walked out just feeling wow that was incredible, or you know I either got you know totally invested into the characters, or it really scared me, or I actually you know cried, or or whatever you want to call it, you know. Um, I I tried to pick the movies that have stayed with me for a long time, or when I really think about, I can always go back to those movies when I think of what are my favorite movies. So um, starting with number eleven. I'm going to go with T2, and that's Terminator 2. Now, um, this movie obviously was, was huge, and, and this movie uh, broke a lot of boundaries in regards to special effects. You know, I'm a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, and this is really the movie that, that just put him over the top, really. Uh, the, the story was excellent, the special effects were excellent, and this really proved that a sequel could totally dominate the original. There's not a lot of sequels that kill the original. This is one of the few that do that, where um, I will watch Terminator 2 any day over Terminator. Now, Terminator 1 is a great film, but Terminator 2 is, is a million times better than Terminator 1. And after that, uh, you know, that's up for debate, but Terminator 2 in itself, I mean, there's like 10 different versions of this film. Depending on which DVD you pick up, you can get the three-hour version. You know, the, I I really like a lot of the cut scenes. I thought they were excellent, but uh, very very great movie. Um, it's not my favorite Arnold movie, but I I respect it for what it is and how much um, how much power and um, how big and epic this movie really is. And it put James Cameron really on the map, like hardcore. 
So, and it really opened the door for special effects movies going forward. It, it was really the first big CGI film. So, Terminator 2 is my number 11. Moving on to number 10, Superman the movie. Now, um, this is, uh, I wouldn't say the very first comic book movie. Um, maybe it is. You know, I really, I'm not 100% sure. All I know is, is that... Uh, this is the one movie that was taken very, very seriously, and uh, and it was there wasn't a very great superhero movie until 1989's Batman. Um, really, I mean, Superman it uh, it did so much great things. I mean, you got an unknown Christopher Reeve. Uh, I love watching the screen test and seeing all the different people. I was never a huge fan of Margot Kidder, but she works in the film. Um, as a kid watching this, it's it was really hard for me because I really wanted to see Superman. I appreciate it now being in my 30s, uh, how great this movie is. I mean, when you're a kid, you just want to see Superman. He doesn't even show up for the first hour. Um, excellent film, Marlon Brando, who was huge back then. Um, you know, gets the main the main credits on the film. I mean, we got the epic score. I mean, I don't know anybody who hasn't seen this movie or or doesn't like it. I mean, Superman the movie uh, number one is is a great epic film. Uh, I love the music. Um, Superman, uh, he Christopher Reeve is my Superman. I grew up with him. Um, I actually enjoy all the movies. As horrible as number four is, it, I mean, it's his last time being Superman. Uh, I do actually really enjoy Superman Returns. Uh, the special effects, I mean, were so spectacular. The story wasn't great, but Brandon Routh, he was the best Superman to replace Christopher Reeve. But I totally get why they're rebooting it, why they're starting a new Superman um, type story which uh, it depresses me. I, I wish Brandon and Ralph could come back and be Superman, but yet not follow the Superman Returns type thing. But I did enjoy Superman Returns for, for you know, the Superman parts. But Christopher Reeve, though, I mean, he was an unknown and then, and then blew up, basically. Um, Gene Hackman, great Lex Luthor. Um, the movie was, as I said, I can totally appreciate it now. And it was a comic book movie that was taken seriously. And it really, it was the seed to eventually um, blow up the flower that would be comic book movies today. So I think without Superman the movie, we wouldn't have the great movies that we have today. Because that really set, you know, the mark on how superhero movies should be, uh, should be made, should be taken seriously at that point. So excellent, excellent film. Uh, number nine, uh, Transformers. Now, um, I never liked Transformers as a kid. I hated them. Um, I don't know why. I was a Thundercats and He-Man kind of kid. I was never a Transformers kind of kid. Uh, maybe it's because my friends always tried to push it on me. But uh, my wife is the one that wanted me to watch Transformers. Now, the reason why I like this movie so much, not necessarily special effects, but Shia LaBeouf. Um, I always saw him at you know on the Disney Channel, but when I saw him in this film and saw how much charisma and how funny he was, he really is the shining star of this film. And uh, you know I didn't really know much history. I just knew Optimus Prime, and uh, I didn't know who Bumblebee was. So my wife really explained everything. But uh, Michael Bay, um, I know 
you either love him or you hate him. You know, I love the bad boys, uh, you know, bad boys. I know he did that. I was like, wow, Michael Bay, you know, I, I get his style of slow-mo action. After a while, it gets kind of annoying, but overall, Transformers um, is my number nine just because I love the special effects. Um, I And Shia LaBeouf really... Um, I, I can watch him all day. He's an excellent. I, he was excellent actor. I, I loved it, um, and it. It's funny how that movie made me like Transformers. For something that I hated, like for example, X Men. I hated X Men as a kid, but my wife made me watch the movie, and I loved X Men. I thought it was great. So a lot of things I hated as a kid, I'm enjoying now as an adult. So um, excellent movie. Moving on to number eight. Um, Silver Bullet, uh, Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Um, this is one of uh, two horror movies on my list. Um, I'm sure you'll know what the other one is, but um, I am a huge werewolf fan. Um, this movie scared the living crap out of me as a kid, and um, and I showed it to my nine-year-old because uh, she, you know, she's like me. You know, um, she, she, my parents didn't let me watch horror movies, and uh, you know. Uh, I explain things to my kid how things are, and uh, she she gets scared at all the same parts that I do. So it's kind of cool reliving my childhood when I sit with her. But here's my thing with werewolf movies: they're very few and far between good. And what I mean by that is the story may be good, but it's so hard to find a werewolf that looks good, where the transformation scenes look good, where the werewolf itself looks good. It's so hard for all these pieces of the pie to fit together. Silver Bullet is still my all-time favorite werewolf movie. Dog Soldiers would be number two. Silver Bullet stars Corey Haim. Um, he's in a wheelchair. And the movie starts off real funny because it has real nice, mellow music playing. And then gives you, you know, the a narrative story coming from um, Corey Haim's sister. And... Uh, I've never, I've never been a book person, but I did actually pick up this book. It's the original is called Cycle of the Werewolf, and it was supposed to be a calendar, but it was converted to a book. It had these really cool pictures, so I read the book, and I loved the book. Um, but uh, the the werewolf itself, uh, I don't, if you've never seen it, I'm not going to spoil who the werewolf is. But really good twist. But I just I love the way the werewolf looks, especially when the music hits. The music is so scary. That it, it, you have to watch it with the lights off. If you watch it with the lights on, you're probably not going to be as scared, or uh, you might not enjoy it. Gary Busey, before he was crazy, he's in this movie. He plays the drunk uncle, uh, but he's very supportive to Corey Haim. Um, and Corey Corey Haim, as I said, he's in a wheelchair. Um, but it, a lot of great great scenes. Um, I highly recommend this film, especially if you are not a horror fan. You need to check out this movie and appreciate a good werewolf movie, especially if you like being human. Um, I was scared watching that show because, again, if I see a crappy werewolf, I don't watch it. Which is why I didn't want to get into being human because I was afraid once we got into the werewolf parts, I was going to not like it and want to stop watching it. Luckily, the past two werewolf transformation scenes and the actual look of the werewolf looked excellent. Uh, I loved it. Dog Soldiers is my second favorite werewolf look, um, but number but Silver Bullet's number one just because it looks scary. It's got a great, uh, great music, great, great story, and uh, I love the look and the feel of the werewolf. So excellent, excellent film. So moving on to number seven is um, 
if if Karate Kid wasn't number one, I would say this is the greatest 80s movie of all time, and that's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I love this film. There's so many great one-liners. Um, a lot of my friends say that I look exactly like Cameron. Um, if I was to change my hair, my wife always tells me that too. She never liked Ferris. She was always a Cameron person. Um, I don't actually see it, but hey, whatever. You know, People say you look like somebody and you don't see it, and other people do. Uh, but Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I mean, this is the epitome of the 80s. You got comedy, uh, you got some drama, you got music, uh, you got crazy, you know, out of the ordinary situations. Um, you got the typical leave your mind at the doorstep type scenes. Um, excellent principle. It, it's just, it's super funny. You got um, uh, Jennifer Grey in it before she got her nose job, before she did Dirty Dancing. Charlie Sheen makes a cameo. Um, but Ro- Matthew Broderick is great as Ferris Bueller. Um, you know, of course, he's he's a jerk, but he's a jerk that you like. Um, super fun film. I'm sure you've seen it. Everybody has. Um, there's band. There was a band named after this movie. Um, great music. I mean, Shake, um, Twist and Shout from the Beatles. Um, I love that song because I saw this. And most of all, I'm from Chicago. They filmed it in Chicago. Uh, John Hughes films. I love John Hughes films. This is my favorite John Hughes films. Um, eventually, I'm going to be going into film, uh, you know, like take film series type thing and talk about it. And at one point, I'll talk about John Hughes films. But that will be later episodes. But Ferris Bueller uh, is the epitome of the 80s, in my opinion. Um, it, it represents the 80s. If you wanna, if you want to talk to your kids about the '80s and how great it was, have them watch Fairless Bueller's Day Off, basically. So excellent, excellent film. Number six, um, Armageddon. Now, um, I understand the, um, you know, me. I'm a big, dumb, fun kind of movie person. I like to just leave my cares at the door and watch a film. And uh, this movie has stayed with me. Um, in my top, um, technically my top five, um, for quite a long time. Um, I know this is where I guess where I learned Michael Bay type thing, but I'm, I'm a huge Bruce Willis fan. Um, this is my first time I saw Ben Affleck. Um, this movie, um, had action, tons of action in it. It had comedy, it had drama, and, uh, I have to admit, uh, I will admit that I cried during this movie, and there's two parts that always kill me. Um, it's always the scene where um, Liv Tyler um, basically grabs um, uh, Billy Bob Thornton and says, "That's my father up there." And just the way you know she says it, the way she cries, it kind of, you know, kind of tear up. But the biggest part is where towards the end, where um, Bruce Willis pushes. Ben Affleck out and says, your job is to take care of my daughter now, and he's crying. I start crying. I don't know. It's just it's an emotional scene. So I got man tears, I admit it, but I love the movie, and uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, I'm going to spoil the ending for you. Um, ready? Okay, warning over. Bruce Willis dies. This is the only movie that I know of that Bruce Willis dies, and it sucks that he dies, but he dies the hero of the film. I love the special effects, maybe the whole logic of how everything would work. I really don't care. Um, I love it. It's a very long movie. You know, I'm, I usually don't like two and a half hour movies, but this movie doesn't feel like a two and a half hour long movie. I love it. The special effects look great. Um, I love every character in this film. Um, it's a very enjoyable film for me. Um, I, but I don't watch it a whole lot, though. It's just like maybe once a year I'll throw it in and check it out. Um, 
So I love it. Excellent film. Um, a lot of people hate this film. That's their opinion. I'm just saying this is this is mine. I love it. Um, just because uh, at the same time Deep Impact came out the same time as this movie so you're either a Deep Impact person or an Armageddon fan I like both films Armageddon I like more than Deep Impact but I appreciate both films for what they are uh, if you don't know this is basically a big asteroid is going to come and destroy Earth you know basically based on the Bible you know based on the Bible Armageddon so check it out I highly recommend it Number five is Halloween, the 1978 John Carpenter film. I've talked numerous times why I love this movie. I'm not going to go too much into it. Um, basically, you know, Michael Myers is the king of the slashers. This is where the slashers were born. Um, I love the fact of there's very little blood in this film. It's all suspense. You know, it takes place. It's like if it was, a, you know, Psycho has a lot of influence on this film. If you don't like horror movies, that's great. But check out this one. If you're not going to check out Silver Bullet, check out Halloween so you can see a very good horror movie and, you know, cut out the rest. Um, I love the Jamie Lee Curtis. This was her first film. I, I still consider her the Scream Queen. I don't think anybody can scream as good as Jamie Lee Curtis. Love Donald Pleasance. Um, I love every character. Michael Myers, to me, is basically um, the devil incarnate, really. Um, how evil... Um, evil never dies. I never considered him to be human. I always considered him to basically um, be an unstoppable force of evil with no eyes, just black black eyes. So, um, excellent, scary film. And the music is iconic. Uh, I would say if you watch this movie without the music, you wouldn't be scared. Watch it with the lights off and the music, you'll be scared out your gourd. So, excellent, excellent film. Number four is The Crow, Brandon Lee. Um, now, um, I I love this film. Um, I personally think this is the greatest comic book movie ever made. Um, it's the best uh, comic adaptation that there is, if I'm saying that word right. Unfortunately, Brandon Lee died making this film. The thing that bugs me about this film is I'll never know if the movie is big for the fact of how great it is or the fact that Brandon Lee died. Kind of like The Dark Knight. Uh, you know, when Heath Ledger died, everybody wanted to see it just because Heath Ledger died. They never saw Batman Begins. They never, you know, they really care less. They just want to see it because Heath Ledger died. It's kind of the same thing with The Crow. I don't really know if people saw it for the right reasons, but the movie is very, very dark. Um, I actually think it's my favorite love story, as weird as that sounds, um, because it's basically love never dies. Kind of like Halloween says evil never dies. Well, The Crow says love never dies. Two people are meant to be together. Nothing will keep them apart. And uh, basically... Um, this couple is killed on Halloween, and he comes back a year later to avenge the death of him and his and him and his fiance. And um, and the criminals, um, the, you basically the way they're portrayed, you have no sympathy for them. You immediately dislike them. Um, I mean, they're they rape people. They you know they do drugs. They eat bullets. I mean, they basically make them as bad as bad can be. So at, when when Eric Draven is taking these guys out, you're with him. You're not feeling sympathy that, oh, man, I wish that guy hadn't died. Um, excellent, excellent film. The music, uh, I'm not a big um, gothic fan, but the music fits perfectly well for this film. Um, I love all the, the lighting of the film, the way they keep the, the camera off Brandon Lee's face for certain parts. It's, they keep them mysterious. Um, I know... 
in regards to his death, there was only 10 days left to film this movie. Um, they were actually reshooting the scene that he dies in the film. And I think if they never actually reshot that scene, he'd still be alive. Um, but the same scene he died in the movie is where he actually died in real life. Basically, um, uh, a blank was was caught in the gun. And um, they, basically, there was just a lot of problems with the film. I mean, there's a lot of urban legends. And um, you can read it all on Wikipedia if you want to get into the details. But... Um, overall, um, this movie is excellent. I wish they never made any more after this. I wish they wouldn't remake it. I just wish they'd leave it alone. Um, Brandon Lee, I was a huge fan of. He's my favorite martial artist. Um, and this was the movie that was supposed to be his breakout role um, to show he's not just a martial artist. Um, so excellent, excellent film. Love it. Uh, number three is Titanic. Now, I know I'm going to get some hate for this, but I will admit that I actually love this movie. Now, I'm not the kind of guy that um, took women to see this movie. I actually saw it by myself. And like I said, a three-hour movie, um, and I believe it's actually three and a half hours. Um, I'm a person I want to see an hour and a half, two hours tops, and be done with it. The movie had me so emerged into the characters um, and the love story that I never noticed how long the film was. Um, I was never a Leonardo DiCaprio fan, but I actually um, I enjoyed him in this film. But Kate Winslet is the reason why I love the movie. I just I loved her her girl next door um, type person she was. Um, I wanted to be Jack, you know. I wanted to be in that movie, and uh, the 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 cinematography is great. The music is great, um, and you get into like almost an hour and a half of the film before the Titanic you know, part where we sink. And when we finally get to the Titanic sinking, uh, I mean, the part that freaks me out the most is the one scene where, you know, the boat's going down and they shoot, um, they shoot the, the fire thing in the air, you know, that tells people where they are. And you just see in the darkness, this big old ocean and this little tiny boat and the little tiny, and the little tiny fire. I just love that scene. I don't know why. Um, great great film it, it's hard emotionally I was invested in all the characters um, you know I hated Billy Zane just like everybody else did um, you know I cried when um, Rose was going to leave him and go in the boat and they're going down and they're playing that you know opera style music in the background and you can just see the tear coming down her eye I don't know it just killed me I saw the movie three times in the theater and I enjoyed it every time even though I knew what was going to happen and uh, it's very rare for me to go see a movie more than once in the theater. Uh, it's always stuck with me for a long time. Of It was really hard for this movie to be kicked down. Uh, it was my number two for a very, very long time. Uh, but it finally dropped to number three after I get into number two. But Titanic is um, corny um, as it is. I think if you just leave the whole hoopla and the whole you know Leonardo DiCaprio part back, if you just sit down and watch it, and, and invest yourself in it, I think you'll really enjoy the film. It's a very enjoyable film. And the best part is, you never know how long it is because of how good it is. You know, any movie that can you can sit through that's three and a half hours long and you can't even tell, that's an excellent film in my opinion. So, moving on to number two is Batman Begins. Now, you're probably like, Mike, why isn't The Dark Knight on your list? Well, let me make it plain and simple. I love The Dark Knight. I think it's a five-star film. Um, I would say out of all these movies on my list, the only ones that have a five-star rating is number one and number two. 
Um, the rest of them do not hit five stars. I just thoroughly enjoy them. I can watch them at any time. They were pivotal moments in my life that I just emotionally was invested with these movies. But The Dark Knight isn't on here because the movie's hard for me to watch. It's uh, it's very emotional. It's basically a crime drama that just happens to have Batman and the Joker in it, uh, Is if that makes sense. Batman Begins was the greatest Batman movie ever, obviously. Um, I loved every second of it. I was I, I have so much fun with this movie. Uh, I, I always wanted a great Batman film. Being a kid, I, Batman has always been my number one superhero. Superman was number two. When the Tim Burton Batman came out, I thought it was great. But being a kid, you don't you know you don't think about adult stuff. You know, when I watch it now, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things that I don't like in Batman and, and Batman and Returns versus when I get to Batman Begins, everything is perfect. It's flawless. I love the pace, the, the cinematography, the music, the score, the characters. Every actor fit perfectly in their place. Uh, Michael Caine was excellent. Morgan Freeman was excellent. Christian Bale, he plays three different roles. He plays Bruce Wayne, the, the tortured soul. Bruce Wayne, the fake... Playboy, and then Bruce Wayne, Batman. In Batman, he's a monster. You know, Batman is—he uh, has a deep, graspy voice because you want to be scared of him. I mean, when he first shows up, it's like you're in a horror movie. It's black, and you got the scary music and the scary scenes. So, Batman Begins is fun for me versus The Dark Knight. I I love it. I love every part of the movie, but emotionally, it's hard to watch because there's so much drama and it's like almost every I felt like every 10 minutes someone was going to die versus in Batman Begins I didn't feel that way um, so Bat The Dark Knight isn't in my top 10 just because um, it's just it's very hard to watch versus all the other ones I could watch in any moment and not have issues with versus The Dark Knight it's like do I feel like being down today really okay let's stick in The Dark Knight if that makes sense but Batman Begins is just it's the greatest Batman film ever in my opinion, I love it. It's the Batman movie I always wished and died for. And um, it, it's excellent, excellent film. I love it. So, And I hope The Dark Knight Rises um, will we'll put everything together, which if, from what I've heard it will. So number one is The Karate Kid. Now, I'm not going to get too much into The Karate Kid just because, um, you know, it's my all-time favorite movie. You guys know that. Uh, I will be doing all The Karate Kids later on in the future. Uh, I wanted to do this show for a long time till I got a perfect flow before I got into The Karate Kid. I didn't want to jack it up. But one thing I do want to mention, this is something that me and Tim talk about a lot. The series, the number one is flawless film for me. Um, even though I know where there's goof-ups, you know, every movie at least has one goof-up. But if you watch it as a series, you got to watch it out of order for it to make sense. I know this sounds really weird, but hear me out. If you watch Karate Kid, you know, 2, Daniel at that point has become a man by the end of the film. You know, and it's basically the Mr. Miyagi story. You know, M Daniel and Mr. Miyagi are super close, perfect bond. Then you get to Karate Kid 3, and it's like everything goes out the water. It's like everything he's learned, he does the complete opposite. And it, it has, like, the characters. Uh, you know, it's got Martin Cove, you know, Grease from number one. If you watch number one, three, and two, everything makes sense. Because if you watch number one in the end, and you watch the first ten minutes of part two... 
um, where it tells you what happens to the Cobra Kai, and then it says six months later. If you stop the movie, you throw in part three, and you ignore the Okinawa lines, it'll make sense the way Daniel's character is because it's like he's still kind of wimpy, and you know he's still—it's almost like he's learning karate. And it would make sense that he would be scared of Mike Barnes because he just took on Johnny, and Mike Barnes is scarier than Johnny. But when you go from part two to three, Daniel fights for his life. Versus in part three, he doesn't. So how can you go from fighting for your life to fighting for points? It doesn't make any sense. It's The character development sucks. Even the writer says that he was unsatisfied with the Karate Kid 3 based on um, what he was told to write. So I would say, after you watch Karate Kid 1, watch the first ten minutes of 2, stop the movie, put in 3, ignore the Okinawa scenes, then watch the remaining part of 2, then you have a great trilogy. I know it sounds weird, but test it out. Uh, Tim said he's going to try it out, and I think he, he we both agree on the same point. So I know it's a weird experiment, but it actually works. I've done it before, and the series flows so much better if you watch 1, 3, and then 2. So, um, But I will totally get into that series. I'll do a Karate Kid series uh, later on. Um, uh, next week... Uh, I'm not going to be doing a movie next week. I'm actually going on vacation. So in two weeks from now, um, I'm either going to come back with the Monster Squad or uh, I was thinking about doing a Mortal Kombat series. And that's because I'm a huge Mortal Kombat person and the new Mortal Kombat game is coming out. And the movies, there was two movies and uh, they were very cheesy, but they were very fun to watch. So I think I'm going to start my first film series uh, starting with Mortal Kombat. And then when we get to the end of April, uh, I'm going to talk about the new video game. Uh, how awesome it was and uh, and then we'll throw a monster squad there soon but uh, that's kind of where I'm at uh, right now so I hope you enjoyed uh, my movie list uh, you probably agree with some of it or didn't agree with some of it but you know that's fine so um, I want to move on to emails because guess what I actually got some emails um, I only got one um, but I was very excited uh, that it came from my boy Jason um, if you don't know what Jason is by now, you guys need to listen to my previous podcast. So, um, and he had some interesting comments for me on my top ten list, and um, I'm going to respond to this email because it's quite funny. Me and him are very sarcastic together on Facebook, um, so don't take anything he says like you know he's attacking me. It's just it's funny, you know that that's just the way that we communicate to each other. We're very sarcastic towards one another. So, here we go. First off. If these are the worst movies you have ever seen, then you don't watch enough movies. I can't decide if that's a good thing or not, as you seem to have avoided a lot worse stinkers than this. Here are my thoughts. Number 10, Popeye. What sad childhood did you have that you can't have a little fun with this origin story of our favorite animated sailor? Robin Williams played the part perfectly, and the rest of the cast rounded the flick out nicely. Nothing terrible about this one. Uh, I have no comments on this one, sir. Um, I did have a good childhood, but it, uh, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy Popeye, man. I, I just, I, Robin Williams, you know, love him and anything else. But then again, I never liked the cartoon, so that's probably why I never liked the movies, just to be fair. So, um, number nine, Starship Troopers. This is one of the best sci-fi popcorn movies out there. The humor and effects of the movie are excellent. The battles are very well done as well and makes no apologies for the violence. This was the best movie Casper Van Dien was ever a part of. He didn't go on to do much afterwards for good reason, 
but for a time he was the up-and-coming young actor of Hollywood. He did a fine job in this flick, though. Um, to be fair, Jason, um, I I would say I was in bad company when I saw this film. You know how when you um, when you're not, I had a friend who uh, is not my friend for certain reasons, and um, I was not enjoying my company at the time when I saw the film. And I think seeing the film, having negative attitude already, and not liking the situation I was in and, and the day itself, um, I think I was really hard on the movie. So I will actually give the movie another chance. I might actually enjoy it. But being fair, I would say, you know, if you were seeing a movie with bad company, it would be really, you know, you probably wouldn't enjoy it either. So I will actually give Starship Troopers another try because I actually haven't seen it for at least 13 years now. So Batman and Robin, number eight. Ultimately, ultimately, it's a kid's movie. The director thought he was there to make a big budget version of the campy TV show. And in that regards, he did a good job. Many kids I know really like this flick and I'm happy to let them have it. I have better Batman movies to watch. I agree 100% with your statement, sir. Um, it, it is truly a kid's movie. And um, I, I can sit back, have fun, and enjoy just with the one-liners. But you're right. It's definitely a kid's movie. Number seven, The Crow, Wicked Prayer. Yes, this is one of the worst movies out there. Number six, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Again, this is a massive stinker. But I disagree about Malcolm McDowell being a bad choice for Loomis. This was the only good thing about the movie as McDowell played the part with ease. I love his take on the character and believe he was a shining light in a puddle of piss. I also like Daniel Harris popping in, but unfortunately she returns to the series with a couple of of the worst installments. So, um, you know, Malcolm McDowell, um, you know, I, I, I guess I was never really a fan of him, but, and I was so intrigued by, um, you know, the original Loomis character by, you know, by Donald Pleasance that it was so hard for me to see someone else play him. Kind of like, you know, Superman. It was very hard for me to accept Brandon Routh at first because he wasn't Christopher Reeve, but I gave him a chance. I don't think I gave Malcolm McDowell a chance, but I, especially number two is all I think about versus number one. And uh, I just, you know, I had issues with it, but, you know, I, I definitely see where you're going uh, with the comment. So, number five, Jonah Hex. I haven't seen this flick, but the one thing that turns me off to it right away was the fact they gave him supernatural powers. He has no powers at all in the comic. He's just a badass bounty hunter. Shouldn't this have been enough? Um, don't you think they would have? Don't you? Don't you think that would have made for a good movie? Come on, Hollywood. So I see where you're going with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't real too familiar with Jonah Hex, but yeah, the supernatural powers part. I mean, it was completely hokey. Um, it wasn't done very well, and like I said, I fell asleep during the film. So um, I would say try to pass on the film, but if you're going to give it a shot, I'd like to hear your actual thoughts on the film when you've actually seen it. So number four, Eat My Dust. Another one I haven't seen, but judging what I saw in the trailer, I don't think anyone intended it to be good. Roger Corman produced this flick, and the one thing he is known for is over-the-top B-movies done on the cheap. Hard to judge a movie too harshly when it's not even trying. So, good point. I agree. Number three, Street Fighter. Yeah, it was dopey. I didn't like it, but why are you ragging on Kylie Minogue? She's not just a singer. She's been acting for a while. 
Her career has been going strong for a few decades now, and it's looking to calm down. And, and it's and it's looking to calm down anytime soon. So why is she such a dark mark on the movie? Why does she have to be judged just because she's multi-talented? Um, I do actually like Kylie Minogue. I, I actually have her, some of her songs. Um, you know, I love multi-talented actors. That you know, actors that can uh, sing and be in movies. You know. Um, LL Cool J is the perfect example The guy has good music And he's an excellent actor um, Ice-T I don't like his music But you know For what he is You know I, I respect for what he did In the music industry He's a great actor um, You know Actors who try to become singers You know Is a little bit different But singers that Originally singers Became actors Usually they can do The transition better than a singer trying, than an actor trying to become a singer. So, um, and I think it's just because overall, um, I didn't like the movie. And um, to be honest, I don't really remember Kylie too, too much. But I just think I, because I disliked the film so much, I kind of gave everybody a bad rap. Um, but I definitely won't watch it again just to see her part. But if you remember it being good, I'll take your word for it. Um, but overall, I do, I do like Kylie. And um, I'll have to check out her other stuff. I only seen her in that movie, to be honest with you. So, number two, the shark roared. Get over it. You're gonna need to, you're gonna need more than that to convince me it's a bad movie. Uh, I know, sir, you have plans on watching the whole Jaws series. Um, you know, like I said, uh, I love two, I love three, and I hated four. And not just the roar. That was the worst part of the film. Um, it's just the the character development wasn't wasn't good um i didn't uh it seemed like everybody was there for a paycheck it didn't seem they were into it kind of like bruce willis doing cop out it's like he was he's only there to get a paycheck no one put enough effort in the film um so you know watch number you know watch it and uh and give me and give me your thoughts because uh i i honestly believe you will enjoy uh two and three and you won't like number four i mean granted sequels usually get worse as it goes on but uh, some, like Lethal Weapon 4, Lethal Weapon 4 is just as good as Lethal Weapon 1. So it all depends if you try. If they're trying to make a good movie and, you know, you have good writing and, and good actors, you know, uh, it can work out. Number one, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yep, this is a horrible movie. Is this the worst ever? I don't think so. But it's But it is a blight on the Halloween series that will never fade. That's all I have. Good job on the show. So thank you, Jason. I really appreciate your email. Um, if uh, you guys would like to write in, um, that would be sweep the leg podcast at yahoo.com. Um, any iTunes reviews would be excellent. Um, I do have some listeners out in the United Kingdom. I want to give you props for checking out my show, whoever you are. Thank you so much. Uh, I believe I have one uh, in China, um, which is really cool. Thank you guys so much. I never thought it would go beyond the United States. So thank you guys so much for checking out the show. Um, and uh, again, um, props to my sponsors. Check out all my show. Check out all those shows. They're all on my Facebook page. Just type in Sweep the Lake Podcast in Facebook. I have six people that like the show. I'd like to get it up more if, if all possible. Um, so let's go ahead and move into the music spotlight. Now, um, I... I like funny songs, okay? Um, you know, as you can tell, I like to play, you know, funny commercials, you know, and and, and this song, um, if I'm sure you guys all know the expression, pray for your enemies. Well, this song takes it to a whole new level. And uh, I was a big Evan and Jared fan in the 90s, and um, Jared uh, 
um, he's a twin brother. He actually um, wrote this, wrote in, sang this song called "Pray for You," and it's about uh, basically praying the worst things to happen to your significant other or another person. If you watch the music video, uh, Jamie Priestley is his girlfriend, and uh, she basically, you know, throws hot water in his face. She trips him down the stairs. She um, you know, burns them, um, electrocutes them. So you kind of get the idea of the song. It's a real funny song. Uh, it's definitely wrong, I would say. Uh, it's just something I wouldn't do. But it, it's a really funny song, especially if you're having a bad day or you're just mad at someone, you can just pop in this song and check it out. So um, the name of the song is called Pray For You, and it's by uh, Jared and the... Um, uh, what... His band's name is uh, Jaron and the Long Road to Love. I know it's a really weird name. So check out this song. Um, I will see you guys in two weeks. Again, thank you so much for checking out this episode. You guys take care. This is Masunas out, and here is Pray For You. I haven't been to church since I don't remember when Things were going great till they fell apart again so I listened to the preacher as he told me what to do. He said, you can't go hating others who have done wrong to you. Sometimes we get angry, but we must not condemn. Let the good Lord do his job. You just pray for them. I pray your brakes go out running down a hill I pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill And knocks you in the head like I'd like to I pray your birthday comes and nobody calls I pray you're flying high when your engine stalls I pray all your dreams never come true Just know wherever you are for you I'm really glad I found my way to church Cause I'm already feeling better and I thank God for the words Yeah, I'm gonna take the high road and do what the preacher told me to do You keep messing up and I'll keep praying for you Tire blows out at 110. I pray you pass out drunk with your best friend and wake up with his and her tattoos. Go out running down a hill Pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill And knocks you in the head like I'd like to I pray your birthday